your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, as I mentioned, International Women's Day today, and it's celebrated each year on this date to mark the social, economical, economic, cultural and political achievements of women and to bring attention to ongoing gender disparities, inequalities. And someone might explain this to me in a bit of detail at some point. I'm sure one of our guests will be able to. Inequities, which is something slightly different in Ireland and around the world. But it's a day two of celebrating progress. And we're joined this morning to chat about some of the challenges uh, and uh, the uh, progress made by women in the country. And Councillor Sarah Kiley's with us. Karen Brosnan, who's president of Network Limerick. Student Molly Cantwell and Limerick blogger Jen Ronan also with us. And uh, you are all very, very welcome indeed. Great to have you here. And uh, we'll start with you, Molly Cantwell. Good morning to you and happy International Women's Day. Good morning. Thank you very much. Same to you. <laughs> so we've been told on this show by contributors that young women, for example, continue to face sexual harassment. I mean, how do you assess where that is uh, now, Molly, as a young woman? Um. Of course, young women still face sexual harassment. Um, literally, the other day on the street, I was heckled while trying to collect a parcel. And it's it's the same thing on countless nights out, on just going about your daily life as a young woman. Um, harassment, I think, is the least of the concerns of a lot of young women. Like we, you know, we see in Ireland, there's one in three young Irish women of college age raped. There's 97 of... 97% of 18 to 24-year-old women throughout the UK experience sexual assault. Um, we saw a statistic released by Women's Aid on Valentine's Day, which revealed that 93% of women say a partner has threatened to release intimate, intimate photos during an argument, despite the legislation, uh, Coco's law. So, you know, sexual harassment is an awful thing. It's the least of a lot of women's concerns at the moment. Like, it's something that I've just taken into my daily life. It's something that you know, it's, it feels like it's never going to change unless there's a massive societal change. And at this point, I don't know what more young women can do or women in general can do to speak out against it. Yeah, I mean, that's so worrying to hear you say that, that, you know, young women are factoring it into their daily lives. We really do. I mean, you walk down the street home with your keys between your hands, you know, you keep like a bottle of. Uh, I've been given a tip to keep a bottle of um, men's deodorant, spray deodorant, in my bag because uh, pepper spray isn't legal in Ireland. Um, you know, it's something that women just take into account all the time. We don't go anywhere by ourselves. Um, you know, th- there's there's harassment and heckling all the time. Like that's just something that women have gotten used to, but to live in fear as a woman all the time, no matter what you're doing, is, is another thing altogether. Yeah. I mean, Jen Ronan, I suppose you know, we might naively have thought that the situation was improving. No, not at all. No, it's gotten worse because now we have online stuff as well and we have all sorts of things going on and, and myself and Sarah were outside talking about the amount of abuse you get as a woman in any kind of position where you are in a public forum you get dogs abuse, absolute dogs abuse, um, and you get everything thrown at you, like from what you wear to what you look like, all of this kind of thing. And when you're out at night as well, like the five most common words, I think it's five, I can't count this very early in the morning, but the words that you hear most when you leave a night out is text me when you get home. 
Like literally, that is that is that is the most common thing said. I don't know how many men hear that, but I know all of my women friends hear that. Well, well I can when certainly say when you get home. it has never ever been said to me. Yeah, ever. and you know, it's that kind of a thing that you could be having an amazing night, and it's just this little full stop at the end of the night that just reminds you that you're not safe. And uh, I think it was last year. Now I don't COVID is not, not a couple of years out of my memory, but somebody asked on Twitter like it was a year or two ago and said, "Women, if if you were a man." To uh, what was what, what what would you do differently as you know if you were a man out on the street walking around or whatever and it actually made me cry to see the the results and most people said I'd walk around with my headphones on if you were walking at night as a man what you know what would you do or if there, if you were safe and every woman re- would replied I'd walk around with my headphones on I'd would walk around happy I'd walk home I wouldn't take cabs. I'd be able to walk around, I'd wear what I want, all of this kind of thing. And all it did was sort of turn the tables, you know, and it basically, you know, reflected how we're all expected to, you know, we're responsible for our own safety. But if other people are attacking us, that's not our responsibility. That's their responsibility. Sarah? Yeah, um, some of what was said now already is very stark when you think about... Mm -hmm. How many people are fearful that intimate images are going to be shared? Mm. Totally unacceptable. Mm. We need to be talking about this in secondary school. Um, Consent is a huge part of any any discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we need to start younger. I think consent is age 17. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we know from its evidence base that that young people are sexually active an awful lot sooner than that. So... The conversations need to happen sooner. And I totally agree with Jane there. Uh, mm. That is straight away when you said it, only recently. Text me when you get home. Yeah. I was leaving yeah. someone in a taxi. They were heading to Castle Troy. Mm. We were after being in town. And I said, mm. Circa, and, text me when you get home. And what are your thoughts then about the Minister for Education um, suggesting that there would be an opt out when it came to sex ed classes? That that was something that parents could do if they wished? see there's there's a a lot of controversy around Mm. this and I totally understand as a parent why now thankfully my children aren't children anymore mine are 18 and 22 and they have Mm. an independent thinking thankfully so the parent is the primary educator in in any child's life and parent I mean guardian I mean whoever looks after you the primary caregiver Mm. is in the home so that's where all education starts We have no control once they get to school what's um, mm. what's taught. If it's in the curriculum, it's in the curriculum. If it's not, it's not. And what's and in the schoolyard then after the curriculum? Absolutely. You know, what, what they're going to hear. So the, the, it, we need to be very careful mm-hmm. the road we're going down. If we remove something, we need to replace it. The vacuum is where the problem is. Yeah. And we also need to address, like, the, now we know we live in an Ireland that is very diverse, multicultural, multi-religious, all of that sort of thing. And there are a lot of religious who opt out of certain lessons and different things like that. And whatever your feelings are on it, you have to respect people's beliefs and things like that. You know, and with the issue with consent as well, I just read um, yesterday that uh, a man was sentenced to 21 months in jail for uploading a video without consent uh, of an ex-partner, mm. an intimate video. And I thought, fair enough, you know, um, at least so we have come some far away. It's International Women's Day and we're talking about lots of different issues relating to it. And Molly Cantwell, on the point about sexual education, you know, in primary and secondary school, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, as, as a young person, I'm not a parent yet, so I suppose I don't have the perspective of, you know, what my children might learn in school, but I don't believe that it's, there should be an opt-out clause for sexual education in school. You know, as a parent, you don't know what 
your what choices your young person, your young child is going to make throughout their life. You don't know if they are going to identify as gay, as trans. You don't know. You know there needs to be a broader curriculum. They need to be educated about more things in school because you never know if it could and if they could end up going down a different road, if they could end up identifying differently. So your perspective as a parent, trying to shield them maybe from you know, something that you don't think that they're going to need to know. You don't know if they're going to need to know that in their lives. So I don't think the opt-out clause really is something that should be Mm. held up at all. I think as well, there's so many aspects of relationships and sex ed. As a teacher, I've seen these different things that are coming up and the different subjects and it's sexuality and the actual, you know, the reproductive system and all of this kind of thing. Everything's put under the one uh, sort of the, the one umbrella, you know, and I think it's very important for kids to know at a certain age, you know, um, like what sexuality is when they understand the concept of, you know, sexuality, gender, all of this kind of stuff. And I know it's, you know, can be controversial for some people. Not for me, you know, people are who they are and that's the way it is. And, uh, but, you know, schools, it, you know, I mean, if you, the first thing they need to do is take religion out of the schools altogether and then we might have a, lab, a more level playing field. Now we're chatting to blogger Jen Ronan, Councillor Sarah Kiley is uh, with us, uh, student Molly Cantwell on the line, uh, as is Karen Brosnan, who's president of Network Limerick. Good morning to you, Karen. Um, morning, Joe. The, the stereotyping of women in the workplace, has that receded or does it remain, you think, quite a big I think issue? It, I think it's changed, Joe. You know, speaking from my own personal experience and what I'm seeing in the workplace, I think we're definitely moving. And you asked earlier about the difference between equality and equity. Um, the difference between equality and equity is equality is basically treating everyone as equal and putting the same measures in place for everyone. But the reality is everybody is not equal. And we all have different circumstances and we all need different resources and opportunities put our way. So as we move towards a more equitable society, I think stereotyping changes. If we put... Um, okay, well, just, just fin- place, fin- second, no, Karen, finish that definition for me then if that's equality what's equity yep equity is basically where you look at the fact that everyone has a different circumstance and you allocate resources and opportunities differently so for instance as a single mom i would have a different um i suppose i would need different opportunities put my way to be able to attend work events or so on and so forth maybe different to a male counterpart or somebody another female that maybe might have someone at home to help with childcare. So it's, it's, it's trying to have an equitable society where we realise that there are vast differences between mm. all of our citizens. And that's really, really important. And I think when we get to a more equitable society, we lose the stereotyping. You know, you know, mm. it's, not, it's not something that's going to be as apparent. I don't see as much stereotyping. I'm very lucky I operate in a very female-dominated environment. And I know I spoke in January about this as well. Joe, I see a lot of lot of work has been done over the last number of years through legislation and through a lot of lobbying bodies as well and things like the Me Too campaign as well to really highlight issues that females have been facing, particularly in the, in the work environment, everything about gender pay gaps, trying to make sure that there are equal opportunities um, and that women have the same opportunities as their male counterparts. And, and a big thing that I would say to people this morning on International Women's Day is seek out those employers 
that actually have the resources in place to support you. Seek out male allies within your work environment. You know, there are lots of fantastic companies out there that really lift women up and give them an equal opportunity to other genders within the workplace. Um, And Limerick is is a wonderfully inclusive city. And and I say this always, if you look around at the amount of women in senior roles, you know that the president of our university is a female, the CEO of our airport, the CEO of our chamber. You know, we are a city of all genders um, and all ethnicities that embraces diversity and includes people and gives opportunity. I'm really proud of that, you know. Well, well, let's just ask Jen, I mean, how far would you go in agreeing with that last statement, Jen? Well, the facts that she gave about like the CEO, I absolutely agree. And I, I like that she said all genders. That is a very big thing for me because we have to remember transgender women on International Women's Day as well. And we also have to remember things like what they call period poverty and people in direct provision and, you know, transgender men also would get periods as well. We have to work on that kind of stuff as well to like level the playing field. And I love the the definition between equality and equity because even I wasn't too sure until... Um, it was explained. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what it is because we all come from different circumstances, and they need to meet our circumstances. So when you think, like, if I, you know, if any woman, I don't know, Sarah, like, if you've ever been caught short at a time of the month, you know, mm. when you're stuck in work, that happens, and you have maybe one day of going, oh God, oh my God, maybe somebody has something. If you can't afford, if you have to choose between a meal and a feminine hygiene product, you know, whatever your your gender, if you're suffering from that, it's very embarrassing and very uh, distressing. You know, yeah. so and, and interesting when it comes to workplaces, one of the more visible in the country and locally is politics, isn't that the case, um, Sarah? And you know, we know that there's a local women's caucus, for example, yes. that's cross-party and independent. Yeah, I was recently um, had the, the the opportunity to put my name forward as chair as to be nominated as chairperson of the the local caucus here in Limerick. So I was elected to as chairperson of the caucus, and Councillor Sasha Novak <laughs> <laughs> was elected um, was elected uh, vice chairperson. So we've been raising a lot of issues. We were the first caucus in the to be recognised in the country, and yes. I'd like to thank Evie Murphy and the Women's Collective for that. So they p- played a huge part in bringing us together on day one of um, after we were, we were elected and I think we've, we actually are going to City Hall after this and we're going to launch an event on the 19th of April um, so uh, Megan Scully is coming down with us as well and she's going to be hosting the event on the day but just to go back to the original point Joe about equity, mm. it's about justice and fairness yeah. so if someone is coming from a particular background and they need an extra bit of support to be mm. able to access third level education or actually just to be able to go to school yeah. and have the additional resources or the books or even mm. the food to keep them in school, whatever it is yeah. that helps people. That's yeah. equity. That's equity. Equality and equity are huge. Mm. There's huge differences there. And as Karen said, uh, Limerick, I believe, has the highest amount of lone parents and majority mm. of lone parents are female. Mm. Um, and we need to empower those women. We need to make sure that we... We celebrate women yeah. in across sports I, as well is very important. I, I mean, I'm glad you made that point because, you know, if you look at the pure statistics around this, yeah. you will see that Limerick City in particular yes. has areas that are among the most deprived in the country, mm-hmm. often 
right beside areas that are among the most wealthy in yeah, the country. It, it's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. It, it is extraordinary and it's something that I've been critical of uh, with the regeneration programme here in Limerick. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has made the impact that it should have made and I still see education not being brought to people. You need mm-hmm. to educate people on their terms, not on ours. Yeah. Okay, stay with us guys. Uh, we're enjoying our chat this morning on International Women's Day with Councillor Sarah Kiley, Karen Brosnan who's President of Network Limerick. Uh, we've been talking to student Molly Cantwell and Limerick blogger Jen Ronan with us as well. If you've got some views on this, we'd love to hear from you too. Back after a very short break. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.